Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. 39 and single. Can someone help me out? He could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball. Gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Hello, my friends, my best friends, my only friends. Welcome to Spermcast Season 4. What's different about Season 4? Well, I'm pregnant, and I have been waiting for this season my whole life. If you're new to the podcast today, welcome. Let me fill you in. My name is Molly Hawkey. I'm an actor, writer, comedian, photographer, and a podcaster. I started this podcast, Spermcast, back in the spring of 2018. I was a wee 39-year-old. I'd always wanted a husband and marriage and a house full of little ones. I'd had three long-term relationships way too long, if you ask anybody that knew my boyfriends, but nothing really ever worked out. I tried like the dickens to find the one-day father of my children, but it seemed like the harder I tried, the further away my dreams of motherhood got. On top of that, straight out of college, I pursued a career in the arts, settling into an unsettling, unreliable lifestyle, leaving me with a mountain of debt and a mountain of insecurity. Not a good recipe for motherhood. Finally, when I hit 39, I realized I was out of time and I needed to take things into my own hands. I would have to make a baby on my own. But how? I didn't know any single mothers by choice. I didn't even know the term. I also had an ego telling me that everyone would think that I was an ugly, unlovable loser if I had to resort to getting a sperm donor. My creative lifestyle was still unpredictable and baby unfriendly, and I still had no money and no clue how to get from point A to point B. So I started a podcast, a wild, shocking podcast about finding a sperm donor. My plan was to gain instant popularity, become rich, my career would take off and I'd grow and I'd mature as a woman and then I'd finally be able to do it. And let's just say things didn't work out the way I expected. And there were bumps in the road that I never saw coming. Miscarriages, IVF, blah, blah, blah. I'm so sick of rehashing it all the time, and I'm sure my regular listeners are too. So you're just going to have to go back and listen to all the drama for yourself. Don't worry, it's a fun binge. At least that's what people say. For now, all you need to know is that I am 15 weeks pregnant using donor sperm, and I am looking forward to the coming months with optimism. Mildly guarded optimism, but optimism nonetheless. A couple notes about this upcoming season. I know there are a lot of you listeners out there who are still on that bumpy road trying to make a baby, and I know that listening to me talk about pregnancy may not be what you need right now. I want you to know that that's okay, and you don't have to listen if it doesn't make you feel good. Just take care of yourself and do what's best for you, and I'll be here when you're ready. So what do we have to look forward to this season? Well, you're going to hear updates about my pregnancy every week, of course, including ultrasounds and doctor's appointments. Once I move to New York, you're going to hear from mom and dad all the time, I'm sure, and maybe some other family members. Plus, we'll have lots and lots of pregnancy and birth stories, mostly from my funny friends, but I'll be seeking out great stories from all kinds of perspectives as well, not just my pals. And you know for sure that I will be educating myself and you as we learn about wild procedures and unexpected problems that can possibly pop up. We'll talk to midwives, obstetricians, doulas, professors. And then, of course, we're going to have tons and tons of celebrities like George Clooney, Miranda July, Ralph Macchio, Bory George, Lucien Freud. That's a, a painter I like. Um, he'll be here. He's really great. And... Um, Carrie Underwood. She's going to be here too. 
So let's get started. First, it's time to thank my newest patron, Jacqueline W. And thank you, Haley H., for raising your subscription. You two are the best. Thank you, thank you. If you would like to join the Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast and sign up for just $2 or more a month, and you'll have access to all kinds of exclusive content. I've got an ultrasound coming up on Friday, and I'll be posting that on the Patreon at the end of the week. And ooh! goodness i'm excited and a little nervous but mostly excited and now for some updates i closed down my airbnb and my friend ingrid moved in that's exciting say hi ingrid hi what other updates do i have ingrid well you're not sleeping very well Mm, true i can't find a comfortable position no heartburn Mm. Heartburn, I think it's the mattress. Though. Yeah. Ingrid, would you do me a favor and uh, read to me about my baby and my body? <gasps> yes. Molly is 15 weeks and two days pregnant. No, Ingrid. But it's like a nature doc and, you know, no, it, I'm observing is, oh, you. Oh, it, like, yeah, it is like a nature doc. but Yeah, okay. Molly is... Mm-hmm. 15 weeks and two days pregnant. True. And two days. Wow, okay. Molly's baby is as big as a navel orange. <laughs> and so that's just a normal orange, right? That's like an orange on the sea. An orange on the sea. <laughs> a na- <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big orange. Um, okay, so the average 15-week fetus weighs 2.5 ounces and measures 4 inches. That's really big. Add 17 inches, and that's how long I was when I was Stop born. Stop it. I was tw- or I was 21 and a half inches. I'm 6'2 now, for reference. Yeah, she's (laughs) 6'2". I was a big baby, and I'm a big lady. She's on my basketball team. She gets all the rebounds and scores all the points. (laughs) Baby's legs are finally growing longer than the arms. Mm -hmm. Thanks to elbows and knees, your baby can now bend his or her arms and legs. Uh, That's weird, because I thought it was doing that on my last ultrasound, but hey. I just assume they always could. Okay, his or her ears are positioned properly on the sides of their head. They used to be in the neck. Apparently, they used to be in the neck. What the heck? The eyes are shifting from the sides of the head to the front of the face. <laughs> this is just a full-on creature forming inside <laughs> of you. While baby's eyes will remain fused shut for several months, nothing good to see anyways, he or she can now sense light. Oh, but, but where was the light, the light, light coming, coming from? from? That's my question. (laughs) Your baby is practicing the art of breathing by inhaling and exhaling amniotic fluid. Mm. It's meditating. Now it's time to hear about my body. (laughs) Okay, this is going to be very interesting. Okay. It's not. Estrogen is slowing down how quickly Molly's hair falls out, giving the illusion of more glossy hair, at least temporarily. That's what I said. Her hair looks gorgeous. No, it doesn't. It really looks really it, bad. It's it is, super broken. It is shiny. No. It is. It looks healthy. She says it looks so healthy. I'm envious. It's so naughty. I can't get a brush through it. I've got to do a whole routine in the shower with conditioner and a comb. I hate it. You would never know. She looks like a Mormon polygamist with gorgeous long hair. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, she will also have more hair growth in unexpected and unwanted places. Thanks to Andogen? I guess. I uh, copied this from the book. I, I, I don't know if I spelled that correctly. I think Andogen, maybe Androgen? I was... I androgen, but I don't know where I'm getting that from. Androgyny. And that's where I'm getting it from, androgyny. But maybe I dropped an R. I don't know. Unwanted places. Are those like... Oh, I haven't noticed any. Probably your nips and your face. But you already have hair on your nips, right? Only like one, two. (gasps) They come and go. I mean, I I make them go. Yeah, I I make them them go. Yeah, but I only... I don't get a lot of... You don't get a lot. I'm not a hairy person. Well, you might be. I will. Maybe soon. soon, Maybe soon. Okay. Oh, I do have one that grows on my chin, but that was before I was pregnant. Okay. You might be experiencing symptoms like increased sex drive. Oh, baby. Nosebleeds. Mm -hmm. Oh, heartburn. Mm -hmm. Gas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's burping a lot. Indigestion. Mm -hmm. Swollen gums. Bloody. (laughs) Shortness of breath. Maybe. You've, um, you've been pretty active. We went for a walk. I had somebody to go for a walk with. It's been really nice to have Ingrid around. Okay, wow. Thanks, Ingrid. Oh, my God. Your body's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and now it's time for our interview with comedian, writer, and public speaking coach Megan Grano. Megan, I'm talking to you because you have two children. 
Yes, two boys. How old are they? So Anthony is eight. He wow. turned eight in August. Wow. And my little Vinny is turning four in November. Wow. Couldn't have chosen more Italian names. Anthony and Vinny. <laughs> Anthony and Vinny. Are you Italian? I'm half Italian, half Irish. What's your husband? And so is Mike. Same oh. deal. Really? So, yeah, we decided let's just go full Italian with these names. <laughs> we really liked we really liked Anthony. And then I mean the name, not just the child. Right. And then when it was time for little Vinny to come around, we decided to just stay with the theme of Italian. <laughs> let's just go with it. Stick with it. And is yes, it Vinny or Vincent or Vincenzo? Some people in the family call him Vincenzo. We tend to call him Vin and Vinny. And Anthony, does he ever get a, a Tony? He does get it, and he has no clue that that's a nickname for his name. So people can say, like, Tony, and he's, like, just dead-eyed. Like, he is an Anthony through and through. He is a big personality little fella. Not little fella. He's huge. He was born born huge, has remained just off the charts huge. He's an outlier. Like, Mike Are and you I tall? both have. And You're, I'm like, 5'9", five, 5'8"? Five, five, really? No? I'm 5'7". And... Mike is like six feet, but the doctors have told us since Anthony was two that he'll be like a minimum of six, five. He's just what gigantor. Yeah. He always has been. So he's the youngest kid in his grade and he's the tallest. Where does that come from? <laughs> is it in your family? It's outliers. Like we just can only assume it was a genetic outlier because we both have tall people, you know, distant relatives who are yeah. really tall, but not that tall. Yeah. I guess some distant relatives who are that tall, but what happened was when he was born, he was large. And then the doctor kept his pediatrician kept saying at each checkup, well, this is going to taper off. This is going to taper off. Mm -hmm. And then around age three, the pediatrician was like, okay, it's not tapering off. He's gigantic. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's great. Did you, what do you want to tell me today? I don't know. I don't remember what our email said. Bill, when we briefly emailed, you were talking about, you know, birth stories. I'd Mm -hmm. love to share that if that's of interest. I love it. I've I've always loved hearing birth stories. So this is going to be a fun season for me. Oh, Oh, it's awesome. And I feel like what I'll do is start with Anthony's birth story Mm -hmm. because he was the first and I do feel like it's a happy one yeah and wait before before you get to it pregnancy was all all good and normal pregnancy was great I swam most of my pregnancy I I just wanted to keep active in some way that you know was I didn't um want to do any sort of activity or exercise that might be hard on my body or or dangerous in Mm -hmm. any way and I, I heard swimming was really safe low impact so yeah that's the word I'm looking for (laughs) so I did that uh most of the pregnancy most days just wow relaxing swimming it was it was great and I loved it that sounds perfect yeah you know being pregnant to me was interesting but also very painful and certain and uncomfortable Mm. a lot of the time but I would actually give birth like over and over again if I didn't have to do the whole pregnancy leading up to it (laughs) Really? I think it is that awesome. Like it was such an amazing experience to me both times. <gasps> oh my gosh. That I, I, in so many ways, I'm like, oh man, if I could just do that again, oh like there's God. something so awesome about it to me. Oh my gosh. I'm a real like busy little bumblebee always buzzing around trying to do a million things. Yeah. So like the physical condition that I was in, especially the second pregnancy, because my body just was like older and was a little more worn down from the first one. So I had a lot more troubles in the second pregnancy with walking, like everything. I was really hindered. I couldn't do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think the birth was just awesome. And it was one of those things where the doctor, I was due on August 20th and I went to see the doctor the previous week as you get to the end, you're going to the doctor all the time. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, I think you should have the baby on Saturday. And I was like, really? Like the 18th? And he's like, yeah, he's really big. And I didn't think he was that big. I was like, okay, I guess. I mean, it's not even my due date yet. Oh, he induced me that morning. And things actually went quick for me. A lot of women talk about like, oh, if you get Pitocin, it really screws things up. And Mm -hmm. Uh, again, for me, none of that happened. I okay. I mean, I guess the other thing I should say with both pregnancies is that I was walking around like some women have trouble dilating at all. And I was walking around for like weeks 
three centimeters dilated both oh, times. Oh, before. Yeah. My, my OB kept being like, how are you not in labor? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Who knows? And your water wasn't breaking on its And own. it wasn't broken. Okay. So that's why both times I had my water broken okay. for me. Wow. And so I didn't have that experience of being someplace and it just broke. Yeah. I'm so curious if that happens to you. <laughs> we'll see. With him breaking my water, I didn't know what to expect. And it was just like this super warm fluid, like back to the pool again. I was uh, like, wow, this is really warm. Okay. Did they put anything underneath you just, or is it just like one of those pee-pee pads? It was like a pee-pee pad. Yeah. And it just slowly <laughs> like trickled out. Oh, you know, they're monitoring the baby and everything. And then they decided at some point to speed things up a little bit and give me some Pitocin, which... Oh, they broke the water first and then... Yeah. And, okay. And my sister-in-law was like, no, 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 don't let them give that to you. But it was too late. So I was like, well, we already got it. So, <laughs> But it, I had no trouble with it. It really did what it was intended to do. It sort of speeded, sped things up. And No, but before you got into it, before this day, did you have preconceived notions about what you were expecting from that day? And were you... Were you bothered by the idea that they wanted to do it early? Was it all just easy and just go with the flow? Yeah, it was, I was go with the flow. I was not birth plan lady. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a playlist. I didn't have <laughs> any real plan. I figured there was so much that could happen in the moment that I just wanted to be completely mm. able to go with whatever. That's a great idea. So that I wouldn't feel let down or like, oh, I didn't, things didn't go the way I want. It was just like, all right, if... If you say the 18th is the day, sure, let's do it. Got it. Yeah. And then I had started watching beforehand, um, like videos about what it was going to be like. And and I realized like, oh, you know what? This is too much information for me. I (laughs) get too nervous if I know too much. Like (laughs) I need to not. And what was funny is with my second son, because I knew more, because I had already been through it once, I did. I had so much more anxiety the second time, which is probably counterintuitive. Wow. But the first time being sort of blissfully unaware of anything that could happen, I just really enjoyed the process of Mm. it. And I I really, I got um, an epidural, which I'm a fan of. Yeah. Just absolutely. How long after the Pitocin? I don't even, I don't know how it's supposed to go. They, They told me to hold off on getting my epidural until I was about five centimeters dilated, just so that it would last. I gotcha. So I did, I held off. I was going to try and go longer, but then actually the contractions were so intense that I had that sensation a lot of women do where like I was going to start vomiting everywhere. And I was like, okay, just, I, I got it. The pain was so intense. And then as soon as I got it, I was able to relax uh-huh. and I was having these massive, massive contractions. And then from that, like Pitocin, epidural, and then it was like, okay, he is here. I mean, it was really fast. Wow. For me, it was very fast. Probably all happened in like under an hour. Wow. And it was real quick. From the time you started Pitocin? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was, it just really sped it up like they were yeah. hoping for. And then I only pushed for about 20 minutes and Anthony arrived it was just all very, that was all really easy. But the part that really stood out to me was, I remember when, when they were like, okay, now it's time to push. And it had all happened so quickly that I was like, it is? Oh my God. You know, like you've been waiting this whole, whole time baking this little turkey in there. And then it's like, okay, it's time to push. Oh my God. And just pushing a little bit and, and Mike like counting with me while I push. And then I could actually feel, even despite all of the oh. epidural, and, you know, it's a little clicker that you can click if you want a little more. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, clicking and being like, oh, my God, give me some more. I can still feel this thing. Like, it's killing me. <laughs> and um, I was clicking for a little more. And I, like, actually could feel his head come out. Oh, my God. And then they were like, yeah, this guy's big. You're going <laughs> to push more. His, his, you got to get his shoulders out. And I was like, oh, God, I could, like, feel it all. <laughs> but um, it was so awesome. Like, when he arrived yeah. and I saw him. and. Yeah. It's like I, I, what people say is so true, at least for me, that I instantly like all the pain went away. And then, you know, you're like giving birth to the placenta, which I barely remember yeah. and get it. I was get I tore a bit. So I was getting stitched back up. None of it do I remember. I just remember seeing him in this 
And I guess what I kept saying to everybody in the room is like, this is surreal. This is surreal. Like it was just because I was there. I always tell people this, like being there when Anthony was born and I was there when my dad passed away. Yeah. And both moments were like, I just was aware that I was in the presence of something miraculous happening. Like I was in the presence of life leaving my dad's body was very, I was like, oh, Wow, mm. I just it's very hard to put words on, but I could just sense he was gone. And in the same way with Anthony mm. coming there and like coming out of me, I was like, Oh my god. And it was just this most magical thing of like, he's here. This oh is crazy. It was just it was so that I think that's what I mean when I'm like, I would do that again and again, because to experience that moment of like Oh my God, this is life. I know. Can you imagine being a midwife or a doula or an OBGYN and and experiencing this daily? No, I, I I can't believe it. No, I can't either. I never, I didn't have that experience, but I know people who are midwives and I just think what a beautiful thing. I just can't imagine. It seems like such a magical job, but also, yes. it's such a scary job and scary experience. Like, were you scared at all during it? Not for, not for the, about the pain, but about life and things working and everyone surviving? Well, that's the thing. Somehow with Anthony, I was blissfully like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> but then when I had Vincent, that for some reason, just four years had passed in between those two births. And I guess oh. in that time, I learned so much about what could have gone wrong. I don't know why I just sort of blocked out that information yeah. the first time. And uh, that second time I was just having so many nightmares and so many, so oh much gosh. anxiety wow. the second time. I, I think, you know, I'm pretty, I don't know if I'm too informed, but I love watching birth videos. I love, yeah. I love knowing all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and there's, I don't know. There's value in both. Like knowing more the second time I think was good. I knew more of what was going on, but the first time it did, it, totally eased my anxiety that I I didn't know all these things. Yeah. Yeah. Because I tend to be a worrier by nature. Yeah. Okay. So tell me how big was Anthony when he was born? So he was eight pounds and 15 ounces. Okay. Yeah. So he was just shy of nine pounds and he was two days early. That, you know, I mean like two days pre due date. Yeah. I also thought because I was basically just belly. It was just like all belly on You're me. You're a trim lady. It, hey, I, I was just lucky that's how he grew. And <laughs> so I was like, he can't be that big. <laughs> like, how could he? It just didn't make sense to me. But he was he was that. And then the placenta was huge. So like by having just Anthony and the placenta, I think I had by that point only like four pounds left to lose. You know, oh like it was God. like and the amniotic fluid. Yeah, it was just like them. It was just Anthony, the placenta, yeah, and the fluid. I was like, oh my god, this was crazy. He, I just didn't think he was going to be that big. And how tall was Again, he? Twenty. I want to say he was twenty-two and a That's half. That's long. Yeah, I think. I think he was long. <laughs> my mom had five of us, and we were all two or three or four weeks late, oh. but we were all huge. And I was like 10 something pounds. My brother, one of my brothers was over 11 pounds and he was 24 oh inches. <gasps> Your mom. I know. I know. They destroyed her pelvic floor. <laughs> I mean, we did. So real. Yeah, yeah I know. She I know. She must be totally destroyed. She's totally destroyed. Totally destroyed. Like she has to be. I mean, I know with just two of them that I, I am I am destroyed. Like I cannot do jumping jacks without peeing. Oh, I can't I, either. And I haven't I'm had like, it yet. <laughs> I mean, since I was like 10 years old, I always brought an extra pair of underwear with me to like a, a party if there was going to be a trampoline or something. Basketball. I play basketball now. I'm always bringing an extra pair of underwear. Sometimes halftime, I'll go change my underwear. <laughs> Oh my god! I so love I'm that. screwed. I'm really screwed. Oh, you are. You are so screwed. It's, oh. And your mom will be laughing so hard. She'll be like, "Payback!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm. You know, I'm probably going to be the same way with like you know having yes. late term or post term. I can't remember the word. I've I've learned about it before, but it's post term. It's post term. Post term is when you deliver after 42 weeks. But that's probably going to happen to me. And I the, and sure. And I've heard all these nightmare stories about Pitocin as well. And I feel like 
I have nothing against C-sections and if I, that's where I go, that's where I go. But I feel like everybody that I know who's gotten Pitocin ends up pushing for 24, 36 hours oh. and then has an emergency oh, okay. C-section. So you're literally the first positive story I've heard about Pitocin, which is good. Yeah, it really, really relaxed me. Wow. So I know that's odd, but it did. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know if that's just how it worked with me. Obviously, everyone's body is different. But again, like I said, I think there were, like Mike has said this to me also, I think there was something to the fact that I really did some form of exercise every day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't intense. Sometimes it was just floating in the pool, like right. I said, but like, I know that some women will really take pregnancy as like a chance to just veg. Right. And I was real. That actually was a concern to me. I'm like, I'm actually worried about doing that, that I was worried it would be like unhealthy for the baby's growth if I didn't have activity of some sort. Right. Well, I couldn't really figure out if vegging out while pregnant is bad for the growth of the baby. So I'm just going to say no. In case any of you are pregnant and feeling guilty for being lazy, you're not a bad mom. You're just tired from growing that baby inside of you, which is what everyone keeps reassuring me when I tell them how tired and lazy I'm being. Anyway, I also looked into whether or not exercise contributes to an easier labor. According to AmericanPregnancy.com, exercise helps prepare you for childbirth. Some studies suggest that the fitness level of the mother can result in shorter labor, fewer medical interventions, and less exhaustion during labor. Being in shape will not decrease the pain, but it will definitely help give you the endurance needed to get through labor. So I don't know if that helped, but I remember with both pregnancies, the the nurses and doctors were commenting, being like, it seems like you're in good shape and we think that's helping the delivery. And I was like, oh, great. Cool. You know, um, very happy about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. now I'll let you talk about Vinny. Thank you. Uh- <laughs> this one was, again, totally miraculous, but I always, it's, it was like, a rough birth. So mm. it what happened was he he actually was born very easily. But I was like, you know, doing my million odd jobs as usual. And I, I was like, doing um, some voiceover job in the morning. And I ran to the doctor's appointment two weeks ahead of my due date. And you know, he's like, you are five centimeters dilated. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. And he's like, you got to go across the street right now. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh my god. I'm like I'm I'm like I'm in the middle of doing things. I have to like have this baby right now. And he's like, Oh yeah. Went across the street and I think everything happened between noon and nine o'clock PM. Mm -hmm. And the reason it even took that long was he had to give me I had um my gosh, I can't remember what it is right now, but I had something that I had to get an antibiotic before I gave birth. We knew that ahead of time. Okay, real quick, I'm going to tell you why someone might need an antibiotic during labor. Doctors give antibiotics to women who are at increased risk of having a baby who will develop GBS disease. That's group B strep disease. Doctors cannot give antibiotics before labor begins because the bacteria can grow back quickly. A woman may test positive for bacteria at some times and not others. That's why doctors test women late in their pregnancy close to the time of delivery. Okay, there are also a couple other reasons you might need an antibiotic during labor. And I'm going to tell you what they are. If your water broke and it's been 18 hours, they will administer antibiotics to prevent a uterine infection or chorioamnionitis, an infection of the amniotic sac. Or if you're running a fever in labor, they might give you antibiotics even before they know why you're running a fever to prevent the transmission of whatever you may have to the baby. Wow, cool. Good to know all of this ahead of time. In my case, for me, I like to know. Okay, thanks. Bye. And it took four hours. So he's like, we got to hold you off from progressing any further. Mm. So between 12 and four, I got this antibiotic drip. And then at four, mm-hmm. he's like, okay, let's let it rip. And he, he broke my water at that time. Again, he's like, I think it's just time because you're too dilated. Yeah. So I progressed a few centimeters and asked for my epidural. I think when I got it, seven centimeters. Uh-huh. And the weird thing was it didn't work. So I'd uh-huh. had one before. So they came back in and they were touching my legs and they're like, do you feel this? And I was like, oh yes. And they're like, yeah. that isn't right. And I was like, no, no, I feel everything. Are you sure? Yes, I can absolutely feel everything. Oh, so I got a second epidural and that one worked. I wonder what happened. Well, oh. I'll tell you. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so I had him and it was uneventful, like very 
very easy compared to giving birth to Anthony. Didn't even feel him come out. Like oh my I was like, God. He was, and he was eight pounds, two ounces. Oh my God. But he was two weeks early. But he was still big, but like it felt so much smaller to me yeah. than Anthony. Yeah. But he was just easy. The whole moment was so beautiful again. I just loved it. And then, you know, getting to hold him, it, it all was beautiful. It was just awesome. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And I remember it was a different experience because because we had Anthony at home, Mike couldn't stay with me at oh, the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I was by myself and that was tricky. So I I breastfed both kids, but I I would describe myself as real open also to using formula. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I found is in LA, that's really uncommon. Mm. Uh, around the rest of the country, like I can give you an example, my cousins in Ohio would never dream of breastfeeding. Really? They wouldn't even know. Wow. No. They're working women who like all have jobs and they're like, this is not practical. No way. Oh my gosh. And they just flat out don't do it. Mike's friends in New York, like talking suburbs of New York City. Mm-hmm. Nope, we don't do it. We don't do it at all. Wow. Like, no. And I'm like, oh, weird. Here, it's insane. <laughs> like, it's like, you're going to do it for two years. And don't you dare use formula. And like, we are the of the earth. And it's amazing. And like, you know, hey, I know people who literally knock themselves out to breastfeed, yeah. even if it's like yeah. not easy, they'll do anything to breastfeed. That's the LA culture. And I think some people aren't aware just how prevalent it is here. I was aware of it. I did breastfeeding. But like I said, if I needed some formula as a supplemental, I would do it without hesitation. I was like, sure. But that that night after I had him, you know, I'm in the hospital alone, Mike's home, and I started having this really pounding headache. And it was I knew it was time that I should try to feed him, even though like early on with the feeding, I think you're just getting your colostrum going and but I was trying to sit up and I was like, whoa, this is so intense. I cannot sit up. Oh. So I, I actually rang for my nurse and I was like, can you bring a little two ounce thing of formula? I'm going to give him that. I want him to have something and I just can't sit up. And she was so disgusted with me. Oh my like, gosh. Like, yeah. She brought it, flung it on the table, like dropped it and like walked out. And she's like, had to let me know on her way out. She's like, I'm passionately pro breastfeeding, by the way. And I was like, what okay, the great. fuck? My exact response. I'm like, uh-huh. And I was like, I plan to breastfeed. I'm having an intense headache. And she's like, I guess you've forgotten what it's like to give birth, huh? And I was like, no, this feels really fucking different. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? And the headaches were like noted on my chart, but then ultimately they let me go in a day. But I was still having such bad headaches that I was asking for Tylenol, just massive doses of Tylenol, because I was like, God, I just cannot sit up. I can't chew. I can't talk without this intense pain. And finally came to find out because I was home and I was like just sobbing. I'm like, man, I cannot sit up. I have this baby at home. I have Anthony here and I cannot sit up. That what happened with that first epidural was it had actually punctured my dura. And so my spinal fluid was all leaking out and I was having fuck this, out of here. Oh my God. This intense, my brain was actually swelling up and contracting and swelling and contracting. And like these, they're called dural headaches are, they say like 10 times worse than migraines. Like oh they can God. induce suicide because they're so intense that you just can't. I mean, I couldn't, I literally couldn't sit up. And in fact, the only relief you could find is lying flat. So I would be lying flat and then I, but of course I would try to sit up to feed the baby and it was so intense. And finally I called and they were like, oh yeah, yeah, we punctured the dura. So we were thinking it was going to heal on its own. And I'm like, well, first of all, how did nobody tell me that happened? (laughs) How did they know that they did that? 
They made a note of it in my chart. The when first they guy, did the they, when they did the first epidural, that guy knew he or whoever did the epidural knew yeah. that he fucked it up. He suspected that's mm. what happened. Mm. But I guess in his defense, they often do heal on their own. Mm. It's just that mine wasn't really healing. So okay. I was getting those. Well, I have some information for you. First of all, what is the dura in the spine? Basically, spinal dura matter surrounds and protects the spinal cord. Dura matter also surrounds the brain, but we're going to get to that in a second. Okay, so the space right outside the dura matter, between the dura matter and the vertebra, is called the epidural space. And it's in this space where you want the anesthesia to go. But if you go too far with your needle, you're going to go all the way through the epidural space and puncture the dura, which will cause a leak of cerebrospinal fluid, or CSF. Now, a second ago, I was like, how did they know that they punctured the dura? Well, I think I figured it out, though this could be wrong. I might be reading it completely wrong. But when they pull the needle out, there's a liquid in there. It could either be saline or cerebral spinal fluid. And if it's cerebral spinal fluid, then then they punctured it. How do they know the difference? Well, the saline is cold. The CSF is warm. And also the saline has a lower pH. So they must have tested the fluid in the needle afterwards. Those fuckers, they knew all along. The incidence of accidental dural puncture varies on experience of the provider and is approximately 1.5%. Now, let's talk about post-dural puncture headache. Okay, the headache is severe and described as searing and spreading like hot metal, involving the back and front of the head and spreading to the neck and shoulders and other places, but I'm not going to get into it. It's exacerbated by movement and sitting or standing and is relieved to some degree by lying down. I was curious about why that is, so I dug into it a little bit. So cerebrospinal fluid maintains a constant pressure in the spinal canal and cranium, and when that CSF leaks out and the volume of the CSF in your system is depleted, the cushion of fluid supporting the brain and its sensitive meningeal vascular coverings causes gravitational traction on the pain-sensitive intracranial structures causing classic headache, which worsens when the patient is upright and is relieved on lying down. So in my mind, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, That cushion's not there. Your brain is scraping against your skull. And if you move around, it fucking hurts. So very, very interesting. So I ended up having to go to the emergency room with Vinny in tow and get a procedure called a blood patch where they had to take blood from elsewhere and then inject it into my spine to create a uh, scab so that it would stop like leaking fluid. Holy cow. And then it took me about a month past that to be able to recover and walk again and all that. So it was like Vinny himself was the easiest coming out, but the epidural was, it was messed up on that one. Oh, it was darn. So oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, that was a crazy one. Oh my gosh. And so the whole month you were, you couldn't really move around. Right. It took a long time. I mean, 30 days to be able to walk again. It was really tough. To walk. And I still just like to get from one place to, to another. Walk normally. Yeah. That whole lower back to this day, I still have very a <laughs> lot of lower back problems this sucks. <laughs> yeah I, but it's all worth it for that little fella except uh, that yes. we were outside the other day and he took a croquet ball oh so you know those yeah. huge croquet balls like heavy yeah i was telling you this story to my friend and she confused a croquet ball with a um a birdie from badminton no <laughs> that's not the same <laughs> i'm talking about like a heavy croquet ball and he chucked it at my back while i was gardening <laughs> oh, oh shit hit me right in the spot and I like instantly was sobbing and of course like a typical little sociopathic three-year-old he's like how you doing and I'm like oh my god I'm gonna kill you so little kids don't take care of you when you're crying oh god no at least not mine (laughs) oh my god well so Megan you wrote a book recently I did. And oh my gosh, is, to bring it up. Are they, is it based on your kids? It's inspired by inspired Anthony. Inspired by? Yes. Okay. Inspired by, um, and it's called AJ's Bad Temper. Is um, Anthony's middle name, does it start with a J? Huh. Could it? <laughs> does it? <laughs> yeah. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. He's going to hate me one he day. He's going <laughs> to be so pissed off at you. Hey, my mom wrote a book about me. <laughs> um okay 
this little boy learns in the book how to have a more flexible attitude. And so I thought it was really fun to do during COVID because I've had a really hard time adjusting to like all the adjustments we've all had to make. Yeah. And in, in this, we and I talk with him a lot about that because he gets really focused on like, this is what I want now. Mm-hmm. Like, I want chicken nuggets for dinner. Okay, I don't have that right now. So we're going to have turkey burgers tonight. No. And then like, <laughs> You know, it can be like, no, this is what we're having. And like, we can have a big temper tantrum about it. And I'm like, we are learning how to have more options and and think more flexibly and like find, find alternatives when we can't get number one choice. Yeah. I think it's such a good lesson. And I keep, we work on it all the time because it's, I mean, for adults too, it's like, you know, we don't always get our number one thing. So like. I mean, I know I for sure haven't. So like finding a way to just be like, okay, cool. What else can I do? I don't have to be like so unilaterally focused on this one thing. Do you think like what made Anthony not, is it, it's not stubborn. Is yeah. it stubborn? I don't know. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just use that word. What made him that way? Uh, do you think it was you or do you think he was born with a personality? I think he was born with a personality. Damn. I can't wait to see what personality <laughs> you get because I feel like. <laughs> I feel one of the things I've learned so true from having two is how, I mean, in the nature nurture debate, obviously there's nurture, but there's a lot of nature that just comes right away when they're born. And I can see that because Mike and I are the same people, but we have two vastly different children. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's, it's like, I think he came this way that he's like very, determined like this is what I want and you're gonna give it to me (laughs) and you're like no I'm not (laughs) and how is Vinny different he's so easy just easy like he's so super emotional loving like not that Anthony isn't but he'll just he he expresses it very differently like Anthony will sort of let down his guard at bedtime and be like, Aww. I love you so much. Oh my gosh. During the day, he's like, I'm tough. I'm this, you know? Yes. But Vinny throughout the day will just come up to you and sometimes just put his hand on you and be like, I love you so much. Get out of here. No, that is and it's so genuine. Cute. It's genuine. And he'll do it. He'll do it to like trees. He'll be like, Tree, you're beautiful. He does it to just people. I mean, he's just very full of love it's just amazing just amazing and I feel like he sees life and personality in everything he talks to everything chairs tables I mean really tables no joke (laughs) like just anything like oh my god look at that beautiful flower look at that sun look at those clouds like everything is just beautiful to him and it's it's amazing to like be around I'll be like that's right this world is amazing that we're in yes That is so nice to have as a reminder. And I don't really feel like I'm that way. So that's, and I don't feel Mike really is. So I'm like, that's what makes me think some of the, that nature just comes with them. That's what I'm going to force my kid to be like. (laughs) (laughs) Even if I have to smack him around a little bit. (laughs) Love that nature. Love it. (laughs) Smell this fucking rose. (laughs) Isn't it fucking beautiful? Are you, can I ask, are you nervous about giving birth? I'm not. Oh God. I just, well, I've had two miscarriages and so I've, I'm nervous about like, it's okay. And they were obviously much earlier. Like I'm 15 weeks now today, which is exciting. Oh yeah. Yay. But yeah, so I just have a fear that, or a doubt that things could go my way. <laughs> oh my God, that right. sounds really bad. Right. No, I get it. Oh, I just, it's just, you know, been a struggle. And so. Yes, yes. I, it's like hard to believe that things are going well often. For yeah, me. I so understand that. I'm, yeah. s- I'm so <laughs> sorry to hear that. And yet I completely understand why yeah. you would feel that way. Yeah. Of course. So I'm not afraid of the pain. It, I know that'll suck. I'm just more afraid of the fear, I think. Of like yeah. the fear of that moment. Is, is something going to go wrong? And and am I going to have a major anxiety while it's happening? Because I used to have panic attacks. and Oh, yeah. And I yeah. just, you know, I do, I do a lot of the what if stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. If there's any way to be with, 
you know, I, I feel that I put like a lot of trust in like the, the people, like I, I, with my OB, like every nurse at the hospital was like, when we had our babies, we had him do it. Like I felt he had ah. delivered so many babies yeah. and I felt the hospital did such a good job of monitoring the baby while yeah. in my stomach still. Yeah. And so I, I felt reassured in that way. Like, that I feel like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. I mean, it's so different than like, when I think back to even just when you read history, like just a 100 years ago, how different your your success rates were, how how difficult birth was yeah. 100 years ago versus now, it's just light years, how far right. people have come. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's a scary thing, but they have such a better handle on it than years gone by. And Somebody, one of my guests told me a long time ago during COVID um, when when doctors were doing more telehealth visits with their pregnant patients because they didn't know they didn't know how things were spreading or whatever. This guest said, we just try to remind our patients that the vast majority of pregnancies work out just fine. And I think that's helpful for me to think like, yeah, yeah miscarriages are common and and Mm -hmm. and they happen for a reason and you know at my age when i was the first time i think the the rate was 37 percent chance and the second time was probably same or higher um but you know most pregnancies don't turn out badly most of them work out just fine yes and so i i should be okay (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. that's the that's the right attitude i think i mean i don't know how to have another one because I grew up with a sick dad and I I've always faced this thing of like, you know, I knew he was sick. I knew he was going to die. I knew he would never get better. So I always grew up with this sense of like, well, something bad's probably going to happen around the corner. So better just watch it, you know, like, and Mm. it's, it's a real hard mindset to navigate. I've had it my whole life where I'm like, if I'm happy, I'm like, well, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow, though? It's <laughs> like right. I've had very a lot of therapists be like, "This is not healthy, right?" Are you aware of this? And I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, I'm aware of this." And I spend a lot of time trying to do positive thinking, but I can't change my past that I grew up with this very traumatizing yeah. thing. And so you've had like these traumatizing events happen, and so you can't ignore that, um, but you want to like also not indulge it. I mean, I'm just, I'm just with you. It's so hard. Yeah. And I don't want to say it, God, I've said it before and I don't want to just like repeat myself because it is so negative, but the listeners, you know, I love myself. Okay. Okay. But like, just like I've tried really hard my whole life for a lot of things and just like shit, nothing has worked. (laughs) I, I, I feel you. I right. don't have the the man. I don't have the career, and I don't have the the baby, a family I always wanted. And what else is there? I'm not sure. Money. <laughs> I, oh my god! I, I say this all the time. Like I want to do at some point. Have your listeners let me know if this is of interest. I'm I'm like so interested in doing like some sort of blog or something about like I do meditations every day, being like you know, visualize what you want. And I'm like, right, right. I do that. I don't have trouble knowing what I want. <laughs> What do you do when you know what you want and then you just don't get it? Yeah, you never, ever get it. I really, really like growing up my whole life was like, I would love to be on Saturday Night Live as a writer (laughs) or an actor. I mean, that was like the thing my whole life. You should have been. never happened. It never even came close. And so like things like that where I'm like, huh, what do you do with that, Oprah, when I'm (laughs) meditating? Yeah. Manifestation, I think only works for a couple people like and oh, they oh are really god. good at it. But like, oh, god. um, I uh, want to manifest. I do. I did like I, some I was just uh, someone recommended to me. Um, oh, my gosh. Esther Hicks and like, oh, my gosh. It, wild. Have it, you listened? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I like read her book and I did all this. And like earlier with COVID, I had like I had a show that I was working on at Snapchat. It was like an original show and I was so excited about it. It was going to be my first like show. And every day I did her thing. I mean, probably 90 days straight of like, and I had vision boards and I had all this stuff. And then 
COVID hit, <laughs> everything went away. It's all gone forever. And I'm like, huh, don't know what to do here. <laughs> what is it called? Like, isn't it like a, a high flying disc or something like that? What is that thing? Yeah, yeah. You're in the vortex? Yes. You were in the vortex and then you just, it spit you out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you were going too fast. The vortex is like, we are done with you. Get out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, one of my uh, other guests talked about Extra Hicks the other day. I, have, I haven't listened to her in like five or probably, I don't know, five, ten years. And uh, I used to love listening, but also here I am. <laughs> I, I I hear you. I know. I know. Well, uh, I mean, maybe I should have paid what, for though, the. You are doing it. I'm doing it. I know. But I'm doing it by pure force. Like, I'm not manifesting things. I am forcing things to happen. That's it. That's the debate, though. Right? It, like, yeah. That's the debate. Like, with all my meditations, you have Oprah, who's like, let your life unfold like a flower. And then I have, like, other meditations that I listen to. Like, I think his name is Dan Harris, who's like, visualize what you want and let nothing stop you from <laughs> achieving it. You know, so I'm like, which one is it? Do I just unfold or should I like power through and force something? I don't get it. Gosh, I don't know. What is the answer? I we'll don't never know. know. I, I think we won't. I think you're right. But I think you're doing freaking awesome. And you are making this happen. And it's yeah. amazing. And it's so cool. And it's going to be beautiful. Everything is going to be beautiful. I hope so. <laughs> it will. Yes, yes, it will. Yes, it will. <laughs> Okay, so Megan, in addition to writing this children's book, you also are a, not a speech coach, a, what do you call it? A Yeah, yeah, I call it that, like a public speaking coach. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I have a website, um, publicspeakingcoachcomedian.com. Yes. That's sort of my brand is that I help people if they want to add humor to their speeches. I don't force them, but I like to be able to write yes. jokes or humor into speeches. And you're, do you also have Instagram? I do, yeah. That's public speaking coach comedian as well. There you go. She's always posting these very good instructional videos. I've thought about them. I had to do a pitch over Zoom. It was very strange. I should have. I should have. I would have. It would have been good to see your video before that pitch. Oh yeah, <laughs> check them out. Well, the weirdest thing about doing something like that is like you want to look at everybody, uh, everybody's faces in the grid. But what are you supposed to look at the camera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that didn't happen. It's, it's weird, but it's interesting that like in this time I've worked with different clients and it's, it sort of has made me realize how important doing practice of any sort for anything you care about, mm -hmm. like whether it's pitching or I, I'm working with a high school girl right now who's getting ready for college interviews and just having someone, yeah. even if it's one hour, someone be like, Oh, look where you're looking though. Cause it looks weird. It's just helpful to have any sort of feedback. feedback. Yeah. I just worked with a girl who's trying to get a raise at her job. Yeah. And she just wanted, we just spent an hour with her asking for it. We just went over it. Like, we're like, what about so this wording? Good. What about this? We tried different stuff. So um, it has made me be like, this can be useful. It doesn't have to be public speaking. I feel like anytime you have something you care about, whether it's getting that raise or doing a pitch or whatever, I think running it by someone is always so such a good call. The good thing about Zoom is they can't smell you because... <laughs> With, with these kind of things, I get so nervous and stinky. <laughs> Same. I'm a sweater. I'm sweating right now. Yeah, me too. But that's just because I'm warm. I'm not nervous. <laughs> you don't make me nervous. <laughs> Good. Thank goodness. Also, I do think that my smell has changed since I've been pregnant. Is that a thing? Oh, interesting. I'll have to look oh, that I'm up. Sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Heck yeah, it's a thing. Okay, so here are some reasons you may smell more when you are pregnant. Your blood flow increases, your body temperature increases, your basal metabolic rate increases, your sweat glands are more active, and the composition of your sweat changes. You're just bigger, so you have more skin and more places for bacteria to hide. Your hormone levels are fluctuating, which changes your body's biochemistry from your skin pH to your gut flora, and you retain more fluid. All of this means body odor may be stronger or change completely. Then it talks about vaginal odor, bad breath, farts, musty hair. Look, I was just talking about my armpits. I don't have any of that other stuff, I swear. But here's something cool. When babies are born, their vision and hearing isn't fully developed, but they possess a great sense of smell. Nursing mothers emit odor from their armpits to guide the baby to the breast for feeding. As your baby recognizes you more from your smell than the way that you look. 
And then, of course, there's your sense of smell. And we all know that that is uh, heightened during pregnancy. But let's just take a quick look. Uh, Caused by hormonal changes associated with morning sickness. It's a protective mechanism keeping you away from toxins and potentially dangerous substances which could possibly harm your growing baby. And, oh, that's about it. Yeah. I didn't use to smell. I also used to wear deodorant. And plus, you're more you're more aware of smell now. Oh, my God. Maybe I've always smelled really bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. That's probably oh. true. <laughs> it's all these things. I mean... You don't hear me disagreeing right now. So I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> well, you've convinced me to go take a walk because I have been pretty lazy lately and not lazy, but because I couldn't go outside because of the smoke. But the air seems to be a oh, little bit better. Wow. I'm, I'm OK. I could do I could do a walk because I've been so yeah. since I've been cooped up. I've 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 tried to do some videos where I'm just trying to get in my body. And, but I don't have a much space here. And it's just. Yeah, and I'm so yeah. exhausted. I just fall on my oh, bed. Yeah. I, I'm not like, hey, get out there and run your brains off. I, <laughs> I think like just a little activity and then lie down, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> lie down and sleep. No, but you do. I, I do want to I do want to move every day. I think I've even read that doing a half hour of something every day is good for yeah, you. And, yeah. and I haven't been doing that. And I have been extra tired. Well, you, yeah. Well, you that's the thing. You're still in the extra tired phase. Yeah, but so I once, think that once, once you, you start moving around, you're less tired. Yeah, maybe it's, um, you know, what do you call that? One thing helps the next, right? Some sort of feedback system. <laughs> <laughs> feedback loop. Some feedback loop. Thank you so much, Megan. That was really nice talking to Thank you. Thank you. I'll have to meet your boys probably when I come back from New York, when I move back to L.A. And, and uh, Anthony's six foot ten. Oh, geez. God help us. <laughs> Have fun with your little boys yeah. and say hi to Mike for okay. me. Thank okay. you. I will. It's so great doing this. Thank you so much for having See me. See you soon. Bye. That's it for this episode, everybody. It was so nice to hear Megan's birth stories and also to hear some birth stories that, aside from the grueling pain of that dural headache, seemed kind of magical. I'm not sure what kind of stories we've got coming down the line, but I think it's fun that we got to start off the season with a positive one. I don't know who we'll be talking to next week yet, but definitely tune in to hear my ultrasound. And if you want to see the actual video, I'll be posting that to the Patreon on Friday. Oh, do you want to join the Patreon? That's no problem. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast and sign up for $2 or more a month. And you'll have access to all kinds of videos and audio and real-time updates from me. If you're not a fan of doing a subscription, that's no problem. You can also support the podcast with your money by Venmoing Molly hyphen hockey, H-A-W-K-E-Y. And lastly, you can support the podcast by sharing the podcast with friends via text or email or on social media and by rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Go do it right now. And if you're a new listener, don't forget to subscribe while you're there. As most of you know, I do fertility consultations and I sure do love doing it. So if you're going through something, maybe you're single and trying to figure out if you want to become a single mother by choice or you want some tips on picking a sperm donor or what what sperm bank to pick or if you're in the middle of trying to conceive with your partner and it's tougher than you thought it would be or if you're in the middle of fertility treatments, I can help. It's all so much to think about and keep to yourself, and I just I strongly encourage you to talk about it. If it's not with me, then make sure you reach out to a friend or loved one. There's no reason for you to go through it alone. For more details on fertility consultations and my rates, email me at spermcast at gmail.com. And in general, if you want to reach me, email me at spermcast at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail or text me at 323-741-1818 or find me on social media at spermcast. And folks, here's the most important part of this message today. Please make sure you're registered to vote. I don't know if you know this, but we have some voter registration deadlines coming up this week. Louisiana, Alaska, Rhode Island, Mississippi, you have until October 4th. Texas, Hawaii, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, Arkansas, you have till October 5th. Oh, Arizona too. 
New Mexico, you have till the 6th. Nevada, you have till the 6th. Illinois, the 6th. I mean, there's, there's, there's dates all over this map. I can't see them all. I probably missed a bunch of them. But look, these dates are coming up so soon. And if y'all get to election day and you're not registered, you are going to kick yourself. And I am going to kick you too, right in the teeth. That's it for today. Love you so much. And thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I'll see you next week. He could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball. Gay, straight, black, white, tiny ass with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. An Erios production. Powered by ACAST. 